Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear artistic administrator Amelia Bear in conversation with Corda Ballet dancer Madison Kiesler. This episode was recorded on Saturday, April 27th, 2019, following a performance of John Newmeyer's The Little Mermaid. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you for staying after today's performance at The Little Mermaid for our Meet the Artist. My name's Amelia Bear, and I'm the Artistic Administrator at San Francisco Ballet. And I'm very pleased to introduce Madison Kiesler, who's in our corps de ballet, and she just did a quick change from the role of Princess Henriette, and she's here to speak with us. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so a little bit, I know a little bit about you, and then I'm going to let you elaborate. Um, But Madison came to study at San Francisco Ballet School when she was 16 years old. Prior to that, she studied at Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, Um, and you joined the company in 2009. But I know you kind of had some really interesting opportunities on the way to dancing with us, and you've danced for some different international companies. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, so the bulk of my training was at Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, um, from the wonderful Marcia Del Weary, who actually unfortunately just passed away. But um, I have her to thank for my training and for getting me here for sure. Um, so I spent one year with the San Francisco Ballet School, and then I actually first worked with John Newmeyer, so the choreographer of this ballet, when I was in San Francisco Ballet School. Um, so my story with him is kind of a full circle <laughs> experience. Um, and I ended up joining his company when I was 17. So I started working then in Hamburg, Germany with John Neumeyer. And I was just there for one year. And then I ended up coming back. And I first joined as an apprentice here with San Francisco Ballet. But about a month later, I was put in the core because we were doing The Little Mermaid the first time. And John wanted me to do my same core spot that I had always done, which at that time was a little bridesmaid. But because I was an apprentice, contractually, I couldn't do it. So lucky for me, Helgi said, okay, well, then you can be a core. (laughs) So that part worked out great. (laughs) Um, And I spent a great four years here, um, learned a lot, and then ended up going to English National Ballet for four years. And now I'm back here, and I've been, this is my second year back. Mm-hmm. And we're very happy to have her, I'll add. And I'm happy to be back. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to bring up the most exciting news that's happened for you recently. A couple weeks ago in class, Helgi announced that following this season, Madison was being promoted to a soloist. Um, I know. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting. Um, so could you tell us how that news feels? Oh, if, it feels really surreal, to be honest. I think I still don't believe it. So this is... Well, I, when I first came to San Francisco Ballet School, that was 12 years ago now, and I've been working professionally for 11 years. So that's a long time to be standing in the Swan Lake Corps and a Giselle Corps and a Capella Corps and a, a Dryads and, you know, all of the full lengths. And um, along the way, I've also had amazing roles in soloist and principal parts. And I've had a great career. I think you get to a certain point um, when... You're not sure if it's ever going to happen, that you might spend your whole career in the corps de ballet, and that's a very honorable thing, and there's many wonderful dancers who do. Um, So I've always been grateful for my career, but for me, the thing that I enjoyed the most is being able to dance on stage by myself or with a partner or be able to tell a story and add my own unique twist or um, say something. And while the corps de ballet is extremely important, 
um, for the whole story. It's amazing to be an individual as well. So I think that's the most exciting part is being able to kind of focus on me a bit more than I have been able to in the past. And I'm, yeah, very grateful for the recognition. Um, and it's certainly well-deserved because you've danced some really big roles this season, um, been given an opportunity to learn them, and then ended up performing them beautifully. Um, I have a few here. You did one of the principal couples um, in Benjamin Milpay's Appassionata. Um, you performed Xena in Kathy Marson's Snowblind, which is like a huge character role, very, very intense and emotional. Um, you did some a fairy in Pot of Seas and Sleeping Beauty. Uh, you did one of the big roles in Arthur Peter's Bjork Ballet, which was kind of wild and wonderful. Um, and now Princess Henriette and Mermaid. Do any of these, were they like a major standout for you or any? I, it's highlights? been an incredible year. I, I, like I said, I, I feel very grateful. I acknowledge, of course, the work I put in, but there are so many people and so many wonderful dancers in this company that... I feel extremely fortunate that I was able to perform these roles as well as, you know, just be able to learn them, but this time around really be able to perform. Um, I kind of, before the season started, I remember making a, a dream list and writing them all down of roles that I would love to do. And it was phenomenal because that's pretty much everything you just listed. And to see it really come true was very powerful. <laughs> Which one was like the one you were like, I really hope I get to do this? Well, I have to say, Princess was at the top um, also because uh, I've actually learned this part before. So I first learned it nine years ago, um, and I was probably 19 or 20 then. And I, at the end, I was third cast as well, and I never got to perform it. About two days before my performance, John Neumeyer decided that the third cast wasn't quite ready, so my entire cast got pulled out. So, of course, as a young dancer, when I was about to do this big principal opportunity, I was very grateful to learn it, but it's still, it's hard. You get your hopes up. And so I had a little bit of uh, that nostalgic feeling when I came back to being able to learn this part again. So to actually perform it felt like a nice full circle moment where I got to kind of take it off my list and get that experience and be able to perform it in front of you all, which was great. It's, it's really special. You got to perform it, and that is a harsh reality when it comes to learning these parts. It's always a great opportunity, but... Yeah, and it, it you know, it's, sometimes it's no one's fault, and it's just um, timing or, you know, different things, being in the right place mm -hmm. at the right time. So, so this was a big one, and then I have to say also, Kathy Marston's was a really nice role to dive into, and I'm so grateful that Helgi's kind of always seen me in the acting roles because it's what I love to do as well. And so to be able to portray someone like the princess who's very, um, she's very naive in some ways. And then Zena was completely opposite. She's an older woman. She's a hypochondriac. She's, um, you know, sick. She, so it's like playing night and day to be able to do that. And as an artist to step on stage and say, how do I show those characters is really satisfying. Actually, that brings me to a question I was curious about with those two roles in particular because they're both based off characters in a story. Um, so I'm wondering how you prepare to take on a role like that. Like, do you read the book? Do you, like, what's your process look like? I definitely read the books. Um, I think finding whatever the original story is is always really important because you learn so many different things. Looking at different versions of whether that's, you know, a painting or a book or uh, music about it or whatever it might be, I think you can pick interesting things from each. Um, 
But then also with Zena, you know, it was like thinking about, well, where would she be hurting and how and like, how do I feel? So it's also taking your own life perspective in any acting role and trying to put something very honest that you felt into that character so that hopefully it comes across honestly to the audience as well. Cool. Very interesting. Um, my other question about all of those roles that you got to do this year is it's, you know, some of them are really physically challenging, emotionally robust. Um, and you were doing all of this alongside all of your core roles too, because you're in the court of ballet. And so those are a lot of, you know, doing every show in some cases. And, um, sometimes they're very technique heavy while you're also doing these contemporary roles with, that really emote, like how is it balancing all of that? It was, it was tough this season, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> to to kind of balance it all. And my body took a bit of a beating, um, you know, different injuries, which everyone deals with. Everyone in this company works so hard, um, regardless of what they're doing. But I think Zeno was a good uh, example where I would be, you know, doing this emotional role. I'd end the ballet crying. And then I had to quick change and do etudes, core, the black bar, where you pretty much can't see my face and I have to, you know, try and work out a perfect technique. So to go from one extreme to the other, it was quite a challenge. But that's also the beautiful thing about this company is we have a diverse rep. So I'd rather have to do it quickly than not be able to do it at all. <laughs> Great. Well, we've talked a lot about this last season. Um, switching gears slightly, I'm curious about what you're looking forward to. So San Francisco Ballet, our company's about to leave and go to London to perform at Sadler's Wells right after we close our season. Um, and then in the fall, we're going to Copenhagen to perform Romeo and Juliet. And then we've just announced next season. So you know what's sort of on the docket. Is there anything you're really, really excited about or looking forward to? Um, well, I'm, I always love Romeo and Juliet. Uh, so that's always a favorite to come back. And going to London will be wonderful because, as I said earlier, so I worked and lived there for four years. So it'll be great to see friends. And English National Ballet is um, the associate company of Saddler's Wells. So in a way, that will feel like a different kind of homecoming. <laughs> um, and we're bringing a lot of really great ballets there. And then next season, yeah, there's some really great things. I'm excited about Midsummer Night's Dream, um, Balanchine's version. Because I don't think this company's ever done this. It's, right? it's been 36 years, okay. I believe. Yeah. So 36 years ago they did it. I wasn't here. <laughs> I've been here a long time, but not that long. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Um, it'll be nice that Roman Juliet's coming back in the season as well. Um, I'm curious about uh, Jerome Robbins' Four Seasons. I actually don't know it extremely well, so I'm excited to see what that's like. Uh, yeah, well, we're, for on that theme, we're doing um, Alexi Ratmonsky's The Seasons, too. So um, okay. it'll be a new co-commission for us, so yeah. we'll both learn about it together. Right. Yeah, no, it'll be great. <laughs> um, and... I'm also curious to hear about what projects you've been up to sort of outside the world of San Francisco Ballet, because I know that you're a practicing artist in a lot of forms besides just dancing. So tell us a little bit about, like, the art forms you care about and what you've been working on. Sure. Yeah. Um, I seem to always have a lot of different things going on, which is exciting. Um, I've been dating Benjamin Fremantle uh, for about a year now, a bit more, um, and uh, we have started our company of our own that is called Freely Mad. 
So Benjamin Fremantle, Madison Kiesler. <laughs> and it's kind of, we're calling it an all-encompassing platform at the moment, but we've put together some art galleries that we've shown out of our apartment. Um, we have mainly been also creating films. So we recently collaborated with Jim Safranco's company, who some of you know, um, SF Dance Works, and we created four films that were played before each performance. So someone described them as a visual program, which I really liked. So it was nice to be able to create artistically. So I film and um, do all the editing, and Ben mainly does the directing with that and creative ideas and also helps with the editing. Um, so yeah, we do have a lot of different things that we dive into, and I also am in interested in singing and acting and, and modeling sometimes when there's time and just for fun so how do you find the time I, I know <laughs> sometimes I do sometimes I don't but it's uh Ben helps me organize that a bit I have to say <laughs> um cool well what I'd love to hear about next um is obviously you made your journey back here to San Francisco and a lot of things seem to have fallen into place for you um you know, your promotion here, all of these projects you have going on outside of the theater. And I guess I'd just like to hear a little bit more about what is special for you about either this company or this city and what you found here. It definitely feels like home. I think San Francisco Ballet and this theater especially, there's always something that's really felt like home to me. I did grow up coming to the summer programs um, and then, of course, joined the school, but what Helgi's been able to create for this company is just phenomenal. Um, he really transformed it, and we get to do so many new works as well as keep doing the classics, which I think is so important, and I love classical ballet as well as new creations. And so there's a really beautiful balance that he's been able to strike from year to year, uh, giving opportunities um, to different types of dancers as well because of the rep is so varied. Um, yeah, we're very fortunate to live in this city, and we're very fortunate um, that we have such great audience members, too. Um, we're not in New York or London, where there's a ton of tourists coming in and out every day. So the fans and the people that do come, we really feel that uh, you guys support us. So that's an amazing thing here. Cool. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, Something I always like to ask dancers is, um, so we have a season that's very um, condensed. So we, you know, begin our performance season in January and we go through May. And it's kind of this cool time of year when that starts when we move into the opera house. So, because our studios are right across the street. And then we all sort of come and I just love seeing the dancers set up here in the opera house. And you all have like, you're studying on your laptop in a corner or whatever it is. Um, and I am very curious to hear what's special about spending so much time in a theater for you. It, I mean, I spend more time here than I do at home <laughs> during this time of the year. So we do. We make it our own home, absolutely. And, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty because I also I go to the LEAP program, which is a wonderful program that is through St. Mary's University that is geared specifically towards dancers, so liberal arts education. Nope, I'm going to mess up that. But LEAP program. And it's a um, – so I'm guilty of having, you know, the laptop and my books and everything. So in between a show like today, I might grab some food and then study, and it becomes home. And walking in to this, you just feel very lucky. I mean, you just can look around, and this is my office. This is my workplace. And I get to make a living doing what 
I love, and I don't take that for granted ever. I don't know how you have time to go to school on top of everything else in six performance days a week, <laughs> but power to you. Thank you. Um, so I'd actually love to open it up to a couple of audience questions. Does anyone have a question they'd like to ask Madison? Yeah. Cool. I'm just going to repeat the question for those of you who couldn't hear. Um, so we have a question for Madison about the schedule of being a professional dancer and hours in the studio and hours on stage and performances and all of that. So that's sort of one piece. And then also um, we're asking about how you delineate between the roles of like a core member and a soloist and a principal and like how those opportunities are parsed out. Uh, so in terms of our schedule, it does depend on what we're doing at the time. Um, today, for example, we had class late, which was wonderful, at about 11.30, 11.45, and then we'll have two shows, but that's probably an easier, more straightforward day. Um, other days when we have performances in the evening, we'll usually be rehearsing pretty much all day long um, from class at 10 o'clock, and then usually until about 5.30 sometimes, depending on how many things you're cast for, for the upcoming programs. So this past week, we've been working on Shostakovich Trilogy all throughout the day and then performing Little Mermaid at night. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot to, to keep. Um, so there's a lot of steps in your head. Yes, yeah, like. yeah, it is. And, you know, doing your homework, trying to remember, because we mainly learned the ballets six months ago. So during this time, we're it's uh, kind of expected that we need to remember something. It's not up to the ballet masters to do all of the remembering for us, though they do a great job. Um, yeah, so that's probably that. And then in terms of the soloist principal, I mean, I think today was a good example. So I'm, I'm still in the corps de ballet, um, but I got to do a principal role. So I think it depends on the choreographer and who they want to cast for a part. It depends on the ballet masters, if they see someone for a role. Um, so it's not always black and white, which I think is great and can give different people opportunities in different things. Any other questions? Yeah, um, I'll call on this woman. Cool. I think this question is about um, the idea of how to access ballet if maybe it wasn't the world you'd world you grew up in, which is um, the case for many of our ballet dancers, but of course it's an art form that anyone of any age can engage with. So do you have any um, words of wisdom in terms of if you want to learn more about ballet or actually practice steps and things like that? Um, yeah, I, th I think there, it's great that dance is becoming more accessible to different people. Um, you know, Misty Copeland's story is a, a great example where she started dancing at um, her um, boys and girls club, you know, just after school and someone discovered her, her talent and suggested that she go to a different ballet school. Um, but I think in terms of just general advice to, uh, there's, there's so many things it's hard to, to pick, but I think it's important. And especially as you asked about women and, and girls, I think it's to not undervalue your strength. Uh, to realize that it's okay to be proud of your work and that it's okay to want to push for more. I, I see that often in the dance world where particularly the women were, we're so good at following the directions and, you know, we're told to not speak in class and you just nod. And over the years I've learned how important and vital that communication is because while we do join essentially as children, when we start working, 
we're expected to be adults and, and we need to not be afraid to say how we're feeling in a respectful way, of course, but um, also express what we think we're good at, what we think we need help with. Um, so finding that balance of strength and vulnerability is very important. Okay, so I hope I'm understanding the first part of this question correctly, but I believe it was about our open class that we had today for Bay Area Dance Week. Um, or it could even be about classes more general, but do, do all of the members of the ballet take class together, you know, the core and the soloists and the principals? Um, so that was sort of the first part of the question. And the second part is about do you ever have to do two shows in a day, which I know the answer to, but I'll let you take that one. <laughs> Um, in terms of class, uh, yes, usually it's everybody apprentices, core, solace, principals, um, essentially whomever wants to take class contractually, class is optional, um, but, you know, we all kind of need it to get the day started. Um, and then in terms of dancing, um, so today I did the princess, but tonight I'll do, um, well, essentially one, two, three, four, like four different types of core roles tonight. Um, so I'll, I'll do the sea and the passengers and the tango and the wedding guests. And so, yeah, it just because I performed this afternoon doesn't mean I get this evening off. <laughs> yeah, and going back to, like, Madison's done a really amazing job of trying to balance, you know, some more responsibilities this year, but still being in the court of ballet. Uh, I think I can take one more question. So, I, so uh, let me just repeat just to make sure everyone knows what the question was. Um, so Madison was born in Carlsbad, California. Um, and the question is, I think, just to elaborate a little bit more on your training and if you started there. Yeah, so um, I was born there, um, but I actually moved around a lot with my family and my mom, who's actually in the audience today. <laughs> lucky, lucky to have her here. Um, and I've been was very fortunate that my both my parents uh, really supported whatever I wanted to do. Really, um, so I only lived in um, the San Diego area until I was two and moved around a lot. I started dancing in Colorado Springs, and I was doing all sorts of different things. I was doing tap and jazz and uh, different sorts of dances, essentially, and tennis and violin and. My mom at some point said, you know, if you had to pick one activity, what would it be? I'm sure it was hard to drive me around every single day to different things. And I just said, well, I want to do ballet. And so it was kind of, at that point, as simple as that. And my mom also danced a bit too, so that was always um, a motivation and in my head. But at the same time, she never pushed me. And uh, it was always my choice, which I think was really vital to nourish my love. So yeah, I started in Colorado um, at Nancy Derby's Dance, went to um, work with Germán Zamwell and Mark Carlson in um, the International Ballet School, I think is what they're called now, then moved over to Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, where my mom moved with me just so that I could train at that wonderful school. We have time for one more question, if someone has something burning. The question is at what age, or even if you can be more specific, what moment did you know that um, you really wanted to become a professional ballet dancer? It's hard to believe, but it was amazingly young. Um, I think, it, so at the very moment, um, my parents uh, and I, we were all living in Florida, and there wasn't really a good ballet school in Miami for kids my age. I was about nine years old at the time. And we, I was going to the Washington Ballet Kirov Academy at the time. And essentially, my mom said, if you want to do this, I will support you and we can move 
if you want to do it, you don't have to. You can stay and go to school. We can figure out something. And I, I don't know. I, something in me, I apparently just, I really wanted to. I really wanted to do it. And luckily, my mother was very knowledgeable that if, if I wanted to do it, she knew I needed very good training in order to do it. I was never someone who just naturally had beautiful, perfect legs and feet for ballet or, you know, the right, perfect aesthetic. So I couldn't just get any type of training. I needed very good training in order to have a good career. And so I, yeah, I, basically around the age of nine or ten, I wanted to do it all the time. And at that point, I went from doing a couple classes a week to when I moved to Pennsylvania, I did about 40 hours a week of training. Cool. Okay. Well, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us, and especially thank you to Madison Kiesler for much. being our special guest. Um, just so you all know, we do a lot of these MTAs throughout the performance season, but we have a number of other audience engagements events that you can find out more about on our website, and I really encourage you to do so. Um, and other than that, I wish you a very great afternoon. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.